everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week, we are back with our uh, third episode of the Mint in Box theme of May 2019, where Corey and I have chosen movies that we owned but had not seen. Um, this week, we're going to be reviewing The French Connection, uh, but that'll be later on in the episode. We like to start off with just getting... Uh, reacquainted and seeing what else we've been watching since the last time we did one of these. That said, Corey, how you doing? I'm doing well. I know that, I don't know, I feel like it's so weird that we talk about the weather, but I just would like to, you know, living in Idaho is interesting. Uh, so, like, earlier this week I had to turn on my air because it got up to 80 degrees in my house, and mm. I'm a delicate flower, so I turned on my air, and then we got to turn it off for a few days because then it was nice outside and therefore nice in our house. And then yesterday I had to turn on my heat because it was 68 degrees in my house and Man. I'm also old and can't like, I can't handle it. And it's been because it, when it rains here, it gets much colder. So I think it's like 52 degrees outside right now. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Y'all are probably having, like, a heat wave. Yeah, it's been pretty hot, although it did rain, I think, earlier this week. This week's been kind of a blur. Uh, the, oh. the year's ending. Uh, our last day with seniors was yesterday. Shoot. Uh, yep, and uh, so I had, you know, I had to say goodbye to a lot of students. I had 26 seniors, I believe. Holy goodness. Um, yeah. That's exciting for them, though. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a good, it's a good kind of sad, you know, it's like... Yeah. Sad to see you go, but I'm glad that you get to move to this next phase in your life. And, um, but then, you know, that makes, we have like grades due today. And then we had, today was like an all day testing thing. And I had an awards thing last night that we give awards to students. So I had to go to that. And that, I like doing that, but it also, like, they were really worried about like time. And so I'm, I'm very rule oriented. So when someone tells me they, that I need to keep my, speech short i i hear the word short and since there is no time length i define how short it is and so i'm thinking shorter than what i normally do which is normally a little talky but brief at the same time so i went like too brief last night i was by far the fastest uh speech which made me feel awful so then like the rest of the night i felt like i did i did my students a disservice with their awards um so like you know, things like that. Just this week's been a blur. And then, like I said, we had testing all day today. Uh, I didn't get to see John Wick Chapter 3 last night, but I did go uh, today. I'll talk a little bit more about that momentarily. Um, after I, I, like, rushed to the early screening to make sure I would make the time for our recording. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a week. But I think it rained, like, two days. But I can't tell for sure anymore if that was this week or last week. I, it's all a blur. Uh, I'm ready for summer, Corey. <laughs> when does well? I feel like the I feel like the school years end much earlier than they did when I was a kid. It varies. Uh, this is the earliest because it'll actually will be done on the thirty first. See, I don't think I ever got out before like sometime in June. Yeah, that's that's more traditional. Um, and my understanding is that we were pushing it back. I don't remember anymore. I don't remember if we were bringing it more forward or if we were pushing it back. Everything's a blur, Corey. It's <laughs> no, fine. It's totally fine. I don't know if fine. I said that. Um, yeah, it's... Guys, in case you missed it. Everything. This week for John was a blur. It might have rained. 
Maybe it didn't. Mm-hmm. It could have been last I, week. I, you know, everything... It's fine. I'm not sure I, if I said this, but it's kind of blurry. Uh, you, um, I can't. could say a little hazy. Uh, oh, God. That's to do with that heat wave. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Like, even uh, today... And, and it's, it's been, like, a series of frustrations on top of all of the craziness. Like, nothing that I want to get into specifically, but... Um, I will I will badmouth Chili's for a second. Uh, we we have been frequenting Chili's because they have a three for ten option, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't we, we haven't had fast food in months because we're all trying to eat healthier, um, or like Taylor can't have gluten, so like fast foods be kind of not an option. So when we have to eat out, we've been Chili's has been like a nice like because they we can get like a steak and broccoli, you know. Yeah. For the three for ten, and then we get like a salad or something with you know light dressing or whatever. And um, tonight I went to do that because I I went to a movie as I mentioned, and I was gonna get Taylor and I food on my way home from the movie. I mean I did get us food, but I was gonna I we were expecting the three for ten, the six ounce sirloin with two sides being broccoli each. And so one they've taken the steak off of the three for ten menu, which that's fine, whatever. But what really irritates me is that for several months the the steamed broccoli was amazing. Like, which maybe you don't like broccoli, listeners. I, I, love I do broccoli. like broccoli. Yeah, and their steamed broccoli has been sp- like on point. The last like three or four times the broccoli has been essentially raw when we get it. Which yes, you might make the argument, listener, that that's healthier for you, but it's just not as damn tasty. It's just not. I, I much prefer the steamed broccoli. And I don't know how hard it is to steam broccoli that they're not doing it. Like it's not hard. I used to do it at home all the no, time. No, and that's the, I cook all the time, so I'm being sarcastic. I know exactly how hard okay, it perfect. is not. And um, they just they can't get it right. And it, it tonight I was like, this is like I said, uh, this week's been a little hazy, a little unclear. And the broccoli was like a breaking point for me where I was ready to like flip a table, kind of angry um, internally because I'm good at like. I don't know if I'm good at hiding it or burying it at this point, but, uh, it, it, you know, I was, I was very done, um, <laughs> around dinner time. Uh, it's been a couple hours and I've managed to calm down a little bit, but I was, I was so just like, look guys, you, you took the steak away, but then I had to sit an extra like 20 minutes too. And the guy told me like, well, when they're just finishing your broccoli, they, they, cause we got, I got the food to go. So I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And it's busy. It's a Friday night. I'm not trying to be crazy, so I'm just dealing with it. But I am getting a little frustrated. And then I get home, and the broccoli's not even cooked. I'm like, are you? Are you? What were they waiting on to like grow it? Like, is that why it took 20 minutes? Because they hadn't they finished. Just cut it and put it in the. The green you know, giant was hand delivering. Like, what's going on? Oh no. Um. So yeah. Uh, usually I like our chilies, but uh, the last couple times. I just, I can't fathom what's happening with the, uh, the broccoli, but, and for me, like, it really upset, like, it bothers me, but I'll eat it anyways kind of thing, but, like, my daughter will not eat it if it's raw, and, like, the kid doesn't get to eat a whole lot of stuff, you know, because everything has freaking gluten in it, so, cook the stupid broccoli right, please, you know, that's all I'm saying, like, I feel so bad for my kid, like, you know, this is, dinner is supposed to be good, and it's like, come on. When when she would rather go to Denny's or Bob Evans than Chili's, there's a problem. Like, it, 
But uh, yeah, that's a rant. This is not a food podcast, if uh, despite my last uh, two minute rant. But um, you know, this sometimes real life does uh, it affects our movie watching for sure. Um, I know that sometimes that we've watched movies that I just did not click with, and I think it was my mood. Um, and sometimes we don't watch movies because of our our attitudes. Like there's been a couple days this week where I'm like, I just need to play video games for an hour or two. Uh, so I have not watched movies as much this week because I needed to uh, kill virtual people and or fight virtual people on MK11. Um, not a sponsor. But, but you uh, can be. But yes, if uh, MK, if you want to sell like one more copy of that game, um, go ahead and hit us <laughs> up. Uh, but I, I know we've seen a few movies since the last time we spoke, Corey, so I'd like to uh, start with you if you're ready. What have you seen other than The French Connection? Well, you know that I finally, after thinking about it for months, I finally signed up for Shudder, like I think about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a big fan of Creepshow 1 and Creepshow 2. We're not going to talk about the abomination that's Creepshow 3 and should have never happened. That has no ties to the first two movies at all. Um, but they're doing they're making creep show into a show so i'm super pumped for that i think that they have like maybe different directors coming in to make the different episodes i'm not really sure but i think that i'm hoping they'll do right by it and i'm i hope that it's really good but i've been i already feel like i got my money's worth out of my six dollar is it five dollars is it six dollars a month thing because i've just been watching so many things on there. Um, not all of it's good. That's fine. Um, yeah. I watched two of their um, original movies. The first one, The Ranger. I really liked it. If you like like 80s slasher films, oh I God. think... What? I think I saw this at South by. The Ranger? Yeah, I'm like pretty I sure. Thought, I thought it was fun as heck. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I did. I it's love about the park movie. ranger. Did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, I, it's great. Like, it, 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 just like, you know, like the, oh my god, I can't even think of the right words to use, but, I, I don't well, even know. Like punk rock kids go out into the woods, and then, because uh, they're like, they rob a convenience store, right? They, like, they, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler, oh, but okay. they murder somebody. I don't think it's a spoiler, I think that's the setup, because then they're like hiding okay. in the woods. Okay. Yeah, they murder a police officer, and then they go to this cabin that this girl knew from when she was a kid that her uncle had, but hasn't been used by the family since. And there's that really creepy park ranger that has known her since she was a kid. Mm -hmm. But I just, I thought it was just the right amount of creepy, but like... There's a little bit of campy humor. Yeah, yeah. Yes! I had a fun time with it at South By last year. That was last South By, I saw. Not... Okay. Last being... 2018 not 2019 because i did not go to south by in 2019 well um, i think that we need to talk about that because i think next year we need to go that's a and good possibility our mutual friend might be going to i think we might be trading oh. in shaky knees for it for oh. the music fest maybe yes and then also i watched monster party which is another shutter that's... original oh okay that one sounds familiar uh, yeah it sounds like murder party right Ah, that might be what it is. And at first I was like, we already have a movie named like this. And then I was like, nope, wrong. That's Murder Party. Sorry, Jeremy Saunier. Um, but it's like these teenage kids who um, they like break into houses and like 
do breaking an entry like oh, I don't even know the right words for that, but into like different rich people's houses, but then they're like set up to serve at this like dinner party for this very wealthy family, but it ends up being like kind of like an AA for serial killers. And oh, that's okay. not that's not a spoiler. But anyway, I thought that one was fun too, but I definitely like the Ranger more. And yeah, I watched some other things too, but I just want to talk about those guys. If you like horror, even like a little bit, give them your six dollars. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, after we finished recording Repo Man last week, you uh, rushed off to see Detective Pikachu, right? <gasps> That's right. Um, that. So I thought that movie was fun. I'm yeah. not a Pokemon fan. I'm I don't play. My husband has tried for years, and I just don't. And our friend, she, I met her through work, but we've become friends, and we go to the movies, you know, pretty often. And she plays Pokemon with Bill. They like trade and stuff. Nice. But so we all three went, and I thought that it was fun. Ryan Reynolds, I'm becoming a fan of you. Um, I've been a fan, but yeah. I, I haven't always because I felt like he like did like romantic like the you know romantic I like, comedies and I like stuff. Rom-coms. And I really don't. But <laughs> <laughs> but I have just I don't know. I think he's so funny. And yeah, so I thought that movie was a lot of fun. But it was very hot in my theater, so I don't know Ooh. if they know that then it was like kind of feeling like summer and I shouldn't be sweating in the theater. Yeah, I, that that's one of the reasons to go to the movies during the summer is to get out of the heat. And into a nice, cool theater that's going to be dark and quiet. Well, not quiet necessarily, but quieter. Um, but, yeah, that, that would, that's never good when a theater's warm. Um, no. I, I won. I, I got to get Bill's uh, Nintendo code because we – I don't know if I told you we got a Switch a couple like, weeks ago. Um, and I'm sure know. he has a Switch, right? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. play it that much. I've definitely mm. played it more than him with the last uh, Mario. Was ah. it Galaxy? Uh, Odyssey? odyssey right i like them all but yeah it's yeah. pretty badass yeah we have uh we got breath of the wild and uh T- taylor wanted all the smash brothers and then um we just got pokemon go uh, let's go eevee um and then I, I really main reason i wanted to get one was for sword and shield that comes out later this year um big i'm a i haven't always been a big pokemon fan but i've been a big pokemon fan for like five six years now uh maybe four before pokemon go though so i've been long enough that i was like OG before Pokemon Go came out, and um, uh, I also enjoyed the movie. It it reminded me, and it, I was I wish this was my, I don't know how I did not make this immediate connection, but it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit with Pokemon, and oh, and that's not an insult. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I did love it when I was probably younger than I should have been watching it. Well, it really pulls know. a lot of like noir tropes, and I, um, I'm a. I keep talking about the Blank Check podcast, but it is kind of my current podcast obsession. And um, they had, uh, they actually, while I was in New York, they had the New York premiere of P- Detective Pikachu. Um, and literally, it was like three blocks from my hotel. They had the big fanfare, and Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively were there. Um, what? Yeah, and I was, but I was at another, I was at the uh, screening for um, Shockingly Wicked, Extremely Evil. Oh, and Vi- I watched that. Was that, that's the one with... Uh... Zac Efron, yeah. Zac Efron. My, Zac Efron was at my screening, so I mean, it was cool seeing it. I literally saw it the day before it came out on Netflix, but... You um know, I haven't always taken him seriously, sorry, Disney, but yeah, uh, no. his body language and 
everything in that movie was so creepy he's, and just spot on. He is, I think, severely underrated because of his association with those high school musical movies. And that's mm-hmm. a shame. Um, we really need to stop doing that because Robert Pattinson, for a long time, people were like, oh, he sucks. He's an amazing actor. Um, and Kristen Stewart is still, I know not everybody likes her, but she's done some amazing work outside of that I, Twilight franchise. I think that she's one of those actors that, or actresses, whatever verbiage you want to use, um, that gets, like, I think that if she's not put in the right role, then it's it's not good. Yeah. Like, I can, I, I kind of put Jennifer Lawrence on that, oh, I guess. Oh, 100% agree with you on Jennifer Lawrence. She is good in when she's cast correctly, and I think severely overrated when she's not. Um, but, uh, so I, I also saw, I think I might've talked about it last week briefly, but I also like Detective Pikachu. We saw it the day of, like we saw it in the afternoon you saw it that evening. But, uh, since then, and I, I am right in assuming you were done. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, I better c- clarify. Um, I was having a rough week last week as well. So I needed a, uh, actually, I guess my rough week started on Sunday. I had a, a, a message came and I, I learned something that I was not a fan of. I'm not going to get into specifics, but um, I, I needed something to make me feel better. So I rewatched Hearts Beat Loud for like, I think the sixth or seventh time I've seen it. Um, it still holds up. I love it so much. I, it's in my top 50 movies right now. It clicks with my personality in so many ways. Um, so I rewatched that Sunday night. Uh, then I went and saw the, I don't know if you've heard of this movie, Corey. It's called Palms, P-O-M-S, Palms, like pom-poms. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. It's not like a perfect movie and I don't I don't think it's as funny as it's listed as a straight comedy. Um, I feel like it's a better like kind of friend drama with humor in it and there's some big laughs in it but I really um, found like some of the characters to be really interesting and it's really like the cheerleading part of it is is really like it's basically like we needed a plot and so that works as a plot but it's really more about the friendships that are formed. Um, Diane Keaton and Jackie Weaver, especially, um, I, I enjoyed the movie very much. Uh, I wouldn't give it like, it's not a rush out and see, and I don't think it's going to click with everybody, but for me, it it clicked pretty strong. And, um, then yesterday I had a screener for, uh, I didn't know Ray Fiennes, uh, directs on occasion. You know who Ray Fiennes is, right? Like he's, um, Yeah. yeah. So, uh, listener, if you don't know, he's Voldemort in the Harry Potter franchise, but he's also in like Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, he's in. Uh, I love him in Hail Caesar, as the well, he's one of the directors, and he's so funny. Um, but uh, he directed this movie called The White Crow. Um, oh, that's yeah. in limited release right now, uh, and um, it stars a newcomer, uh, Oleg Ivanko, who is a uh, Ukrainian ballet dancer. But and that's why he was cast because it's the biopic. Of Rudolf Nurev, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, who I knew nothing about because I am not knowledgeable of ballet, I, and I regret that um, because I apparently like ballet. Like th- every movie I've watched that features ballet, I tend to really enjoy those sequences. Like I love Black Swan, although I am admittedly an Aronofsky fanboy. Uh, I like I like all of his movies. I think, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I like all of his movies, and then. Um, there was something else I just saw with ballet in it, and I really liked it. And I think it's um, – I, I was thinking today because during testing, there's not – we you're not allowed to do anything. We just have to stand there and watch the students 
suffer through standardized testing and um you know because we have to make sure they're not cheating so we're not allowed to like be on our phones or on the computers or we can't read a book we can't grade papers you just literally have to stand there for like three hours and do nothing so my brain just goes all over the place because i have nothing else to do but be in my thoughts and um i was thinking like i basketball was always like my favorite sport and when i watch like the nba there's just this finesse with the the good players you know there's this fluidity to their movements and how they jump and handle the ball and and do dunks and layups and um it's it's i've always it's poetry in motion and uh ballet i think reminds me of that like because it's that when the, when a ballet dancer is a master of the craft it's poetry in motion it's fluid and beautiful and um i don't know i i've never seen like a professional ballet i have a privilege of working at a school that has a, a very great dance program so i've seen like when i've gone to the dances or i i often edit their videos and stuff um the uh, the dances there i'm always like amazed by the ballet elements of it uh, they're not straight ballet they do all sorts of different types of dance but when they do ballet i'm always really impressed by it and so this movie uh i almost didn't watch i i was given a screener to review it um and i looked at the the imdb like image and i was like oh this looks like it's not gonna I, especially with the week i was having i'm like oh man i don't know if i want to cram this in somewhere and i was encouraged uh to to not you know, not potentially anger someone who provides me with free movies by ignoring their request kind of thing. Um, especially cause I had already agreed to do it. And now like if I just didn't do it. Um, and so I, I, I chose to be professional and, and watch the movie and I'm so glad I did. Cause I, I ended up really, really enjoying it. Um, I don't think it's like a perfect film, but I was really into it. And I, I, it's such a compelling story cause it is a true story and it's not just about him being a dancer. Like it's, He's a Soviet dancer in 1961, and they're traveling to Paris for the first time. And so it's during the Cold War, and there's a lot of fear and hesitation. And um, it's it's a really interesting and crazy uh, story of what happens. So um, if you get a chance to see The White Crow, I do recommend it. Um, and then lastly, uh, today, this afternoon, I've already mentioned, uh, I saw John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, which I still really hate that Parabellum's attached to it. But um, I uh, very much liked it. I won't go into any more details because I know that's a movie you're looking forward to seeing. Um, and it was our inspiration for last week's top five movies. Uh, but John Wick Chapter 3, I'm definitely saying um, not quite golden to must-see area. I've not written my review, so I haven't decided quite where it is. Um, like it a lot. I still think I like 1 and 2 more, but I do like 3. And, I'm gonna try to get in to see it next week. Yeah, um, I'm hoping a few other things came out this week, and uh, nothing that I'm like super like, oh my god, I gotta well, see it. But I really want to see Booksmart, and I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen that Instagram oh. is doing like that, like early screening. Well, we were supposed there was one in Lakeland tonight that I couldn't make it to because we were recording, and uh, and I mean it may have been. It probably wouldn't have been packed, to be honest. I wish I, I wish our local area would pack out a indie film, but um, most people still haven't even heard of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been on the hype train for that movie since South, it premiered at South By. Um, I didn't. Again, I wasn't at South By. I just, like, follow what's happening. And I, uh, I'm very, very hoping I can see it next week because it is supposed to get a wider, a wider release next week, but I still don't think it's going to be in all the theaters. Um 
So I'm just hoping it gets at least to like Lakeland for me, uh, and then I can see what the deal is. But um, yeah, I I kind of want to see out right now. Uh, there's a movie called The Sun Is Also a Star. That's kind of no. like up my alley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm a sucker for this type of stuff. Uh, I'm probably gonna go see it this weekend. Um, it's one I'd rather take my wife to, but I don't know. She's got stuff going on this weekend and I do want to review it. So I might see it without her unless she wants to see it Tuesday night or something. But I got graduation this week. So like my week's already, I'm looking at my week. just like, it's going to be a long week. Um, so I'm trying to like figure out where I can cram it in. And I am definitely not going to see a dog's journey, uh, ugly dolls. And I, I cannot bring myself to see the curse of La Llorona, even though it's part of the conjuring universe. Um, I just can't do it. So that's what it we've been watching. Yeah, that's all I've heard. I, nothing nothing enough to make me go see it. I think Matt kind of was like, not like it was good, but it was just like it wasn't bad either. Like it's it's completely skippable, but if you did see it, you wouldn't like be angry at it like Winchester or Slenderman kind of stuff. But Oh God, Slenderman. I never saw Winchester and it makes me sad that Winchester wasn't good because the whole the Winchester yeah. mystery house is nuts. You're given this amazing set like idea like this this is based on actual it's not myth even and made legend. Up. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly like how could you not make it rad? Yep. That's fine. But um that is what we've been watching, listeners. Um what we do next is we're going to get into the movie of the week, which is The French Connection. Um, we like to start off with no spoilers, and then we will slowly get into a spoiler section. Corey will give plenty of notice so you won't have anything ruined for you. Although, to be fair, it's kind of a shame that I had never seen this movie as it is considered to be one of the uh, greats. It's in the top 100 AFI list. Um and uh, many people love it, and it's the uh, the stats for The French Connection, for example. Uh, 94 on Metacritic out of 18 reviews, 7.8 IMDb user score, came out in 1971, uh, directed by this guy you may know, William Friedkin. Corey, you know what else he's directed? Uh, yeah, we just talked about this the other day. It's a little movie called The Exorcist. Um, oh, yeah! Uh, you may know it. Um, and he also, a movie I've been also meaning to watch, To Live and Die in L.A., that could have been a part of this month, actually, because oh. I, I own it, and it's not been watched. Um, the cast... Well, there's time to change that. Oh, no, I'm happy with our selections. Um, the cast, uh, Gene Hackman, Roy Scheider, uh, Fernando Ray, Tony Lobianco, Lo uh, Marcel Buzuffi, that's a, that's a name, um, Bill Hickman, and that looks like the gist of the big bigger names... Uh, it's really Gene Hackman's show. Uh, Roy Scheider gets some stuff to do, and I'm a, obviously a big fan. I don't know if you know uh, this little movie called Jaws that I'm a big fan of. Never I don't know what this little movie thing is I keep doing. Um, but, <laughs> I feel like you should just roll with it. Um, the premise on IMDb says a pair of NYC cops in the Narcotics Bureau stumble onto a drug smuggling job with a French connection. I cannot believe that is in the synopsis, but wow. <laughs> Um, Corey, you also had not seen this, right? Right. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Well, I'm not as high class as, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm going to get ripped apart. Do you? Well, say what you, yeah. say what you're thinking. Okay. I didn't particularly enjoy this movie. 
I felt like it was a very... I don't know. If I'm going to watch a movie about drugs, I want to see, like, some dirt. You know? I felt like it was all... I mean, it was all following, like, the people who are way up in the hierarchy of selling and stuff. But... I don't know. I just felt like it was very antiseptic. I you guess. thought it was too clean. Yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, that that might be of the time. Um, yeah. It's not that old of a movie, and there are definitely tougher movies in the 70s uh, than than this. But, um, but I kind of think that's part of what this film is doing because of, like, the, the French connection. The guy is – he puts on airs. Like, he, he looks high class and – yet he's a drug smuggler and he's a drug dealer and he's working with an actor. Like, there is this... I think we're supposed to be seeing the elevated side of it um, and also maybe seeing the people that is hurting when we... Uh, when Popeye and... Um, I forget uh, Scheider's character's name. Um, Buddy, apparently. Uh, when they go into, like, the, the very predominantly African-American bar and they're busting all the guys. Um, in fact... I am so uh, dumb when it comes to drug use that the poke between the toes that was a frequent statement did not make sense to me until three quarters of the way through the movie. And I was like, oh, they mean doing like heroin in the, okay. Cause oh my God. I... When, when he said it the first time, I thought he was like, were you like cleaning out the toe jam between your toes? And I'm sitting here like, why would he ask that person that? And then he he says, I'm arresting you for it. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I wish we don't talk about these movies when we're watching them. No. I think like one or two times I've just been like where I can't even control myself and I have to say something to you and you'll just say like a quick comment back. But we don't like ever talk about the movies before we talk about them for the podcast. But I feel like that would have been a really funny one. Yeah. Like, well, the thing, it, I don't know when I would have said something because it was a while before I clicked because I did uh, something I unprecedented, I unprecedented, oh man, I can't speak. Something I don't usually do is I watched an hour of this on Tuesday night and then I watched the, an hour of it um, the like the next morning, like at like 7 a.m. I was watching. How do second. you do that? I It was, can't yeah. Movies in the morning. Um, I, I don't know. I, I teach film, so like it's just kind of what I do anyways. So, um, you know, cause I mean, my classes start at eight 30. So like, I'm if, if that class is watching a movie, I'm watching films that early anyways. So, um, Bird. but, uh, I, un, I repo man, I admittedly did not give a hundred percent of my attention. I tried to give this movie a hundred percent of my attention, but I, as I mentioned this week is uh, a little out of focus. Um, so, uh, I, I was still, like, doing more stuff than I normally would be doing when watching it. But at points, I was taken into it. Now, while I've never seen this film, I had seen the iconic chase scene um, a few years ago uh, for the first time. And I've seen it several times since then. And the chase scene is... And I actually think a big part of this movie's success is that the filmmaking is so impressive. Uh, and not necessarily the story. Um, because... <clears throat> Like, the chasing was done on, like, New York streets and is very visceral and real. And I, I forget, like, if there was actual traffic. They they did some really risky stuff. I can't remember what I had read a few years ago when I was doing research for... I was showing my students, like, chase sequences, and that was kind of... It, I was looking, like, best chase sequences. And that was the first time I really came 
across the French connection. Like this wasn't a movie my grandparents were really into, or if they were, they never brought it up. Um, and my, my family was, movies have always been a big part of my world. Like my grandma had a bunch of VHSs, which is where I started my collecting habit of buying movies. And then, um, Not watching them for my a really mom, long time. yeah, yes. Uh, my mom wanted to be an actress for when I was a kid growing up, like she had an agent and everything. She's an extra in a few movies. Um, so movies have always been around me. And this was not one that was ever in my, like, on my radar. It wasn't one my family was into or whatever, which is really crazy, I guess, to a degree, because my family's from New York. I mean, there's a lot of movies set in New York, so for them to not care about one isn't that big a deal, I guess. But but this one, I, like, was doing a little reading. It was nominated for and also won a lot of different awards. Yes. Um, and I do, th- I think there's, like, I gotta say, uh, I think time hurts this movie a bit because um i i didn't like popeye one uh, I don't, no because which maybe we're not supposed to like him but i feel like if 1971 you're watching this and he uses the n-word like he does to to schrider's character says you know don't trust the n-words maybe in 71 that that's just like what people say now it was like immediately I'm like whoa I don't like this guy at all and the or, depiction of police officers even I'm like this is yeah. not what I want he, them to be. He was not a good cop and even like his methods of like getting information when they go into the black bars and stuff mm-hmm. and that intimidation and what well, and that's what that scene throws me off because he has an informant I guess we should stop. That's getting into spoiler territory for sure. But um, I guess let's wrap up the non-spoiler and we'll just jump into spoilers. So I I like the movie. I did not love the movie, um, which I kind of anticipated this to be like one of those, oh my God, where has this film been all my life kind of movies for me? And it it wasn't. Um, I I don't think it's a bad movie. but uh, And I do tend to like movies that are that end maybe not on the happiest of notes where you tend to not like those. Um, not to, this movie does, uh, it's, that's, there's so hard. It's so hard to talk about the ending. Cause there is a lot of stuff I want to say about the ending. Um, so we'll have to wait for spoilers, but I, I did like it. Um, I, it sounds like I liked it a little more than you, but I didn't love it. So I'm not mad at you for not loving this for sure. Cause I also, I, I, maybe this is that hype train. Cause it's, it's on that that's AFI what... list. That's what I wonder sometimes when we, like, read about these movies and then we watch them. And I wonder if it's because, like, one person that matters and, like, as a film critic said it was great and then everyone else feels the need to do it, too. It's possible, but, like, there are definitely examples um, of other movies that I completely agree with. Like, Chinatown, for me, I think is a masterpiece. I love Chinatown. Um, which did not work for you, but I think that again is more on the 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 dark undertones of noir. But um, like uh, the Graduate, the first time I watched it didn't wow me as much as I anticipated. I think the second time I really started seeing the the complexities of that movie. Um, and again, I think filmmaking wise, that movie's outstanding. And that's sometimes you are looking at it for what it's doing more so than the story. Uh, because there is craftsmanship to these movies. And um, I think that's what I see here. I think Friedkin, um, I think, well, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, like, I don't always, I'm not always aware of the score of a film, but I was very aware of the score in this movie um, at the intense moments. 
um like there was like a very distinctive like very like cello bass kind of sound um that i liked uh and i noticed and that's something again i don't that's not something i always do but um i liked it and Corey kind of liked it you, you didn't hate it right no i didn't hate it okay well that's our non-spoiler review so Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about 1971's The French Connection in great detail. You've been warned. So, I mean, there's so many places we can start. But I, I was saying about the informant. Early in the movie, he says the N-word, don't trust him. But then he has an informant who's a black guy who he seems to have a really cool relationship with. Like, he is an informant, and they do have, obviously, like, there's he has something on him or whatever. But he doesn't seem like a guy who is racist in the sense that like he really means it because he obviously trusts this guy you know like enough that he's he you know uses him for information um and now they don't tell us i don't believe they tell us why like what he has on him or anything and it's only it's one scene and it's a throwaway and it's over um but you know they're still like even the busting at the bar it's all black guys the black guys all have drugs on them like all of them have some drugs on them uh which Again, I think is the point of the movie's uh, sterility that you mentioned that um, these rich white mob guys are selling drugs to the lower class, which at the time in 71, it's still, you know, equal rights is still more of a pipe dream. Um, And so we see like the people who are really suffering, who are getting arrested for these little drug charges. Um, something that the war on drugs would be a major contributing f- factor of. So I, th- I feel like that's kind of why is like you see these white guys selling drugs and their their hands are essentially clean. And yet Popeye's after them. He's trying to but make this huge bust. And so if you look at it, I guess, with that lens, it's a little a little uh, at least understandable why it does feel like these criminals aren't criminals. Because they're like, there's that whole sequence where the the French guy, the French connection guy, the drug dealer, um, who is uh, his name is Elaine Allen, I'm guessing, Charnier. Um, I don't feel like they ever say his name in the movie, but he's the guy. Um, they he eats like a four course meal or five course meal or something at this like French restaurant. And you see him like he's eating escargot, and then they they bring out this <sighs> freaking like meat where they slice it for him in front of him. Um, and then he gets like a dessert and like i mean he's just there forever he has coffee and uh he's and the whole time popeye's just standing on the across the street watching him through the window eating like a slice of pizza drinking a crappy cup of coffee that he ends up not finishing because it's just gross he dumps it out and he's just standing there watching and i think that's you know it's like here's this guy this drug smuggler just living up the life you know and I, I like those elements and those beats work for me. Um, it's interesting how the story kind of weaves because at first we're just like watching these cops uh, just, you know, hunting down anything. And then we hear about this French connection, but we meet the guy first and you, he's kind of nice. And in fact, he seems much more civil than Popeye. Like, you know, he's he's actually like, well, he's uppity. He's He has class and... Um, he works in a horrible industry obviously his choice of profession is uh not good but i think his presentation is much nicer than the cops oh yeah i i don't know 
I, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I guess I just did not find much about this movie very fascinating, but I can see what you're saying. Well, and yeah, I thought, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was, it's, it's, it's deliberately paced, um, in a way that is, again, I think if this is a modern movie, um, things are going to be way faster. There's going to be more explosions. Um, the car chases would be more bombastic. And that's kind of the thing I like about the car chase is he's not even chasing a car. He's chasing, um, a train and, uh, yeah. it's a cool scene. And that sequence is probably one of my favorites in the film. Um, it's not enough to make this a film that I would like want to rewatch over and over again. And I don't like Popeye enough to want to, and I like Hackman. I think Hackman does a good job with the performance. It's just not a character that I'm like rooting for. Um, yeah. Which feels weird. Yeah. And especially since he's like the main character. Yeah. Which I mean, there's, there's main characters in other movies where like, you don't really like them. Um, but like, but then there are other characters that I guess you do, you know, I, yeah. And, or there, you, you like do over time. Um, like, he doesn't really arc in a way that I felt. Uh, if anything, it's a negative arc. He, like, he loses it even more. Like, he becomes so obsessed with the case that he's willing to, like, take big risks. And, and Like, we hear from, I don't know the correct terminology, is it their sergeant or something? When they're trying to get, like, the wiretaps. And they don't even really have a lot to go off of, but they just want it to happen. And obviously their boss has to pull some strings or something. It seems like it happens pretty fast, but they, I feel like they're given a lot of liberties with their cases and stuff. And it sounds like they don't ever like nothing ever pans out from it, but they keep getting all of the small, you know, yeah, just like small, small potatoes, but they're not getting the big bust that they're looking for. No. Or like I, and then those are two FBI agents, right? That are they are brought in with them over the wiretap stuff uh, because of the, and I think because of the the guy is from France. Um, oh, word. So, uh, excuse me, but don't do that. Sorry. Um, I, I, you know, there's a few interesting scenes where they're chasing people down, or there's a lot of stakeout scenes which are fine. Um, they're not. I don't feel like there's any, like, real boring parts. It does take a little while to get into everything, but I'm okay with that. I don't need a movie to rush through things. Um, I, I like sitting with characters. I don't necessarily like the characters here, but I don't, I don't mind seeing, like, get to the point that they're at. Um, Did you do any, like, extra research? Um, Not really. Uh, what Did you – something specific or – well, I like well at the end we get all the information about what happened to I think the three or four people who mm-hmm. are brought in on charges of this. So it seems like it's a true story. Then we're also told that the uh Do- uh Jimmy Doyle and uh Buddy are taken out of the narcotics department. Yeah. Which I guess is that because they didn't really get many charges why would they well that's i don't like the ending um for several reasons one i am fairly confident that he kills an fbi agent Mm. he definitely kills someone who isn't a crook um it could be another officer but i thought it was one of the fbi guys um so he's in the he's in the warehouse um and 
uh, Roy Schreider decides to prove that uh, there is no protocol for a cop entering a building that another cop is looking for a suspect in because he just like almost gets shot in the face because he sneaks up behind him and is like I'm like dude announce yourself like what are you doing um but oh my gosh then moments later Popeye shoots at a guy from a distance and I believe it is an FBI guy but I'm not a hundred percent um but it's definitely not the guy the guy the French guy gets away and he never gets charges right no no uh he's completely off they didn't find him i don't know how he got away but more importantly i the ending after we see him shot like he shoots this guy and we know it's a good guy because uh buddy is like checking his pulse he's like you killed this guy and he doesn't even seem to care he seems unfazed because he's so obsessed with catching this french guy that he turns around and runs out and this is where i really the ending loses me the most is you hear another gunshot and then it just cuts to the title cards that you were just mentioning where it just gives us all this extra information um and i'm like okay wait it's very abrupt yeah which okay but now what i did do a little bit of research was there i knew there was a sequel there's the french connection 2 that still stars gene hackman as popeye doyle um our friend matt from what i watch tonight uh one is informing me not to waste my time with the sequel but two that it also kind of overlooks the ending of this movie and oh. just kind of like does its own thing so I'm like, well, that, see, that's weird. It's not Freakin' either. It's another director. But then there was a TV series. Uh, I'm sorry, a TV movie called Popeye Doyle that is like a third film in the, the series, essentially. But uh, Ed O'Neill plays Popeye Doyle, which I thought was interesting because I, I grew up watching Married with Children, so I was, I've always been kind of an Ed O'Neill fan. Um, and uh, I, I, he said not to waste my time with that one either. And I'm not – I wasn't thrilled enough by this movie to go hunting down the sequels. Um, but I was a little frustrated with the ending. I, I didn't, and I don't need it to, like, I don't need closure. I just felt like the abruptness of the ending felt off, and I didn't like that weird gunshot sound with no it's, explanation. Especially because, like, the movie was not fast-paced. Yeah, and even that sequence, we're in that warehouse for so long. Like, it's just him standing there for so long, like, looking, 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 which I'm fine with, but then, like, for no payoff, it was anticlimactic ultimately for me um especially because even if i'm right and that was a cop or fbi agent and it doesn't even address it in the title cards all it tells us is that they're off narcotics but it doesn't mention that like popeye got in trouble or how they got away with killing a cop or maybe i'm wrong maybe it wasn't a cop there's a lot of white guys in this movie i don't know (laughs) um oh god something eerie that i noticed while we were like while I was watching this movie, but um, because it takes place in New York City, and there are parts where they're just like walking down the street or the sidewalk, and it's like, even in '71, I've never been to New York City, guys. I'm trying, oh. but um, yeah, I really want to go. Um, it there it just seems so eerie how there's like no one on the sidewalks no one on the streets i think there were maybe one or two scenes like that yeah that's an interesting point they're they're like two people other people it was just very strange um that could be a budget issue but you're and again i don't know for sure what 71 new york looked like but yeah in modern new york there's so many people all the time so um yeah i i kind of i didn't notice that but that's a a really good point because it is like just always empty everywhere um 
except for like the bar or whatever but um yeah i i don't know um i i went in expecting more from this for sure and uh i don't dislike it um but again i definitely didn't love it and uh there's one one thing i really do want to talk about too they mention his ankle holster <laughs> and it never pays off it doesn't pay off like they go out of their way to point it out and there's nothing are you still wearing that ankle holster and he, <laughs> he even asks him why and he doesn't I'm, I'm good with him not answering there i don't think he should tell the guy why but i do think we should see why somewhere in the movie and we don't like there's no explanation for the ankle holster um and i i googled it like to see if maybe someone had like a theory on it or maybe i just missed it and what i found out is there's a bunch of like like i actually knew one there's a movie firearm like database it's like i am fdb or something like it's like where any action movie like you can find out like details on the weaponry and whatnot in the in the movie Uh, you know people are obsessed with guns and uh so like i knew that existed i came across that but all they were talking about was like what the gun was and what type of holster it was but not why and i found nothing on anyone trying to explain the why which okay it's a character choice but like for another character to call him out on it and then for it never to pay off was really frustrating for me well also i i don't usually pack a gun but um i just am i was also thinking when they were talking about it because there's that part where uh uh, buddy comes to his apartment and he is handcuffed to the bed in his living room by some girl and we see a butt and very strange scene and he's like i think that they show it there too they show his ankle holster yeah i think he we see him put it on while he's getting ready yeah and then I'm just like I was while like it. I, how is that even like accessible if you're yeah in a shootout or you need to protect yourself? If or... you're a slightly overweight <laughs> middle-aged officer, an ankle holster is not a quick draw location like at all. Like maybe they ninja kick first. I don't really know. I mean, I even like a ninja kick. You can't reach your foot. Like it's such a such a weird spot. And again. <gasps> I'm fine with it, but if you're going to point it out, if you're going to make such a weird choice, and I don't know, I don't know many, like, if that were a backup gun, because there's movies where that's the thing, where, like, the the person always has a backup gun in their shoe or whatever, but for it to be the gun, or at least that's how it's sold, the only time I, I remember thinking, like, when he's being attacked by the sniper, he does, like, duck down or he rolls or something and grabs it quickly from that. But it still doesn't explain, like, the logic. Because you could grab it from your belt, too. You know, like, there's no no good explanation. Um, I, I would have loved, like, a character monologue where he tells us about this time where his his old partner uh, had the gun on his waist taken off of him. or You know what I mean? Like, something to motivate the choice of such a weird placement of a weapon. Because it does not seem like the norm. Um for your main weapon as a police officer to be on your ankles so i don't know that that bugged me um overall i i don't hate this movie by any means but i also i i wasn't i wasn't blown away by it um i i would definitely be open to read i i usually try to read a couple of reviews obviously this movie's way uh way higher up on the review list than some other films that we've said we don't really like but 
and again, I don't think we're saying we don't like it, but it, it it did not blow us away. It's not one that we're instantly like, oh, why why had we not watched this before? Masterpiece. Yeah, which I know some people definitely think it's a masterpiece. It just for me doesn't click that way. Um, for a few different reasons. Like again, I don't think Hackman's performance is bad. I'm always a big fan of Roy Schreider. Uh, I I don't dislike the story. I do think it's a little a little long winded with some of the sequences, especially like that we we see like the french guy and his girlfriend and i don't know if that scene really does anything for me other than just show that this guy's got money um there's man the scene where they're tearing apart the car that really frustrates me like so much when it's like it's so long it's such a long montage of them ripping up the car and then the guy's like we've looked everywhere well the weight's off well, we didn't look here. It's like, why the hell didn't you look there? You've already ripped the car apart. Look everywhere. Like, why wouldn't you look everywhere at that point? You know? So, like, that that scene, like, it's such a it's such a scripted scene. We got to make Popeye look like a failure. And then, oh, no, no, he was right the whole time. Um, like, stuff like that. That's a movie issue. It's not a uh, specific to this film. But it just felt like with this already kind of long-winded build up i was like come on let's get to something let's do something here but um but yeah it, it, it you know freaking style is is relevant here and um i like the exorcist and i like this enough but um yeah i i disappointed just, to a degree ugh, i don't know there are just so many scenes in the exorcist that are amazing they look great like yeah. um where he's standing under the lamp the light post like that's oh, yeah. such that an iconic, iconic yeah yeah it's beautiful there are just so many scenes in that movie that like stick with me especially now that i've watched it as an adult because i watched it as a kid and i fell asleep and i didn't know why my mother said it was a terrifying movie i'm sorry guys um 12 year old cory but like, but not, I didn't, I don't feel that way about this movie. Well, we do have the same cinematographer for, uh, interestingly enough, um, he did The Exorcist. It's, uh, Owen Roisman. He did The French Connection, but he also did Network that we just watched a couple weeks ago. Um, oh. Which I like more than this movie. Um, it, it's, actually, Corey, too, I don't know if I told you, uh, across the street from our hotel in New York was a Broadway version of Network with uh brian cranston is playing um the uh howard beale character you know so he's gonna be on stage nightly screaming i'm mad as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore and i think oh, I've been sweet. yeah and i but i think uh brian cranston doing that would be like really really great yes. so like i'm looking at it every time we walk out of the hotel I'm like man i wish i could find time to go to that show i don't even know how much it would cost it's probably not cheap um i wish i could go to that show because it'd be really cool and i think uh I can't, I think, um, I'm going to draw a blank. I can't remember the, who the writer is, but I think it's like a film writer as well who does theater that like adapted it. And so I would really like to see it. But so like I'm home for two days and Brian Cranston on Instagram posts a picture of him standing outside the theater with the mom from um, Malcolm in the Middle because she came to see a show. And they're like, I'm like, I see our hotel. He's standing on the freaking sidewalk. Why didn't that happen when I was there? Like, I, you know, like, I've been in New York twice now. I've seen zero celebrities outside of the screenings that I've been in. 
And I'm like, you know, I always hear all these stories about you just run into celebrities at like dinner, at lunches and stuff. Nothing. Not a one. And the dude's outside my hotel taking selfies. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, why couldn't you have done that a week ago? Um, or worse, he probably did, and I just missed it. But um, I don't know. You got anything else you want to say about the French Connection, Corey? I hope I like next week's movie better. Me too, because it is uh, a director who I am a huge fan of. Um, oh yeah! You forgot what it was, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, I looked because I I don't I'm always afraid that I watched the wrong movie again. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I check again once, right before we record curse. because it doesn't matter then. <laughs> like it's already too late. But um, I'm very excited about next week. I you have this one on Criterion. I do. Wait, the the next movie? Yes. Yes. So do I. Yep. Yep. But before we get into that, let's wrap up the French connection. I'll go uh, first. Okay. Not a total waste of time. Oh, that's harsh. Um, uh, but I'm not gonna go much higher. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna go decent watch. Um, with the the caveat that I I did not give it a hundred percent. I do. I gave it way more of my attention than I gave Repo Man. Um, but not not a hundred percent of my attention was given to the French connection. So maybe maybe we click. I gotta say the the first hour because I said I watched it two nights. First hour it had a hundred percent of my attention and I I could not stay awake. I needed to go. Partly it was my own, you know. It was like late when I started it, um, but and I was starting to doze off because of that. But it also it was not exciting me, and I was really expecting more of like a intriguing detective story, and it's not really that, and it's not an action movie in a way that I think it's like. It's not an action movie that, to me, is like, oh, this is awesome because it's great action. It's like, okay, yes, there's stuff happening, but I don't know. It just it did not wow me, and, uh, you know, I wish it did. I really do. Um, but that's it for The French Connection. Uh, next week, will we continue the Mint in Box month of May. Uh, Corey and I are watching. Corey, you want to say, since it's your pick? Uh, yes, it is Dead Man. Dead Man. Uh, which I've been wanting to watch for some time. In fact, I almost watched not too long ago because I uh, watched uh, The Only Lovers Left Alive. And Dead oh, Man I loved that movie so is much. one of the remaining few um, of Jim Jarmusch's that I've not seen, uh, at least feature-length films. Um, and I was on a kick with him because uh, The Dead Don't Die, which just premiered at Cannes Film Festival... Um, I'm so pumped for that. I, I am so hoped. Like it's not getting the strongest reviews from those at cans, but I am very, very excited for it. I I think it's gonna click for me because I like zombie movies and I love the actors so much in it. Um, but Dead Man I bought uh last year, I think about summertime last year at one of the Criterion sales, um, and we both own it on Criterion and neither of us have watched it. The film stars Johnny Depp. Uh, who you used to like a whole lot, but have soured on severely as his movies have not gone in good directions as of late. Um, it co-stars Gary Farmer, Crispin Glover, Lance Henriksen, Michael Wincott, and... Oh, Gabriel Byrne's in this movie. Oh, Jared Harris is in this movie. I like both of those guys. Billy Bob Thornton's in this. Uh, Steve Buscemi, but that's not surprising. He shows up in a lot of Jeremy's films. Um, yeah, that's... Oh, I didn't know... Uh, Billy Bob was in this either, but Jim Jarmusch, director, writer, uh, Neil Young did the soundtrack apparently. Um, oh yeah. And Robbie Mueller is the cinematographer who did uh, Repo Man actually, 
interesting, and he's cinematographer for Paris, Texas, um, which we watched last year. Um, oh, I like that movie. Oh, he also did uh, 24-Hour Party People that I just watched uh, after Mike won. I will watch that soon, summer. I promise. Yeah, you kind of need to because we're on the new summer wager, and that was from last summer. But Time um, just flies. I, I'm sorry. I'm getting old. It, it does fly. I, I don't know. I was supposed to watch The Exorcist 2 like a month ago um, because I lost the Oscar wager to Matt and Sean both. Um, they tied and beat me. But Ugh. yeah, it's it's brutal. I already watched Sean's movie though, and he was nice. He he let me watch uh, Anna and the Apocalypse, which was really fun. Isn't that a Christmas movie? It is a Christmas zombie musical, Corey. You have to say all three because it's such an amazing combination of words. <laughs> okay, great. Because I am gonna watch that around Christmas. I oh, yeah. is it like is it like a little bit horror too, or is it mostly like comedy? It's a zombie movie, so there's there's horror elements, but yeah, no, it's okay. more comedy. Um, I would say it leans heavily on the, the... I mean, if you want to be technical, it could also qualify as a teen coming-of-age movie. So, like, there's there's a bunch going on, but it works. It, it works real well. Oh, my God, this makes me think of Warm Bodies. I like it more than Warm Bodies, but I also okay. am a fan of Warm Bodies, so... Okay. But um, that's we're going to be watching Dead Man next week from 1995. Uh, I, I'm very excited. I've heard this is one of uh, Depp's better films, and um, I like Jarmusch a lot. Uh, I've seen most of his films, as I mentioned, so I'm very much looking forward to next week. In fact, I think for this month, that's the one I'm the most looking forward to. Because as I mentioned, I would have watched Same. it a while ago had we not already had this list planned. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to it and uh, seeing what we what we think. But we also want to hear what you think about the movies that we're reviewing. You can reach out to us on social media. Um, I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And you can read my reviews at BurkeReviews.com. Corey contributes every once in a while with some writing. Uh, we'd love for you to check those out. Um, in the meantime, uh, subscribe to our other podcast. We have Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, which I do with Matt from What I Watch Tonight. And um, our buddies, Matt's other podcast, uh, What I Watch Tonight Show. Um, I do one with him called Movie Astrology, where we look at a year in movies, um, and we get into way too long conversations sometimes, but we have a, a new one coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, but uh, the last one we did was 1999, I think, or it might have been 2014. <laughs> we've done both of those years, I, I just can't remember which one okay. was last, because um, we've, done, we've done a few episodes, but... Um, we've got our whole first set of movies. Like we've done, uh, we we picked a year to stop because we we both were like, well, we're not gonna watch all the movies from like, nineteen ten, you know. So we we I think we stopped like nineteen fifty seven, is like the farthest back we're ever gonna go, and we randomly assigned all of those years uh, two episodes already. So like we already know when we're doing what year and everything like that. But um, at the end of every episode, I do. Uh, much like the name implies, I give you a horoscope, uh, dubbing that year the year of something. And, uh, you know, if you were born that year, it gives you like an idea of uh, what type of fortune you might have to look forward to. So those podcasts describe, if you like any of them, uh, we'd love for you to rate and review them on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It helps us get new listeners, new subscribers, and that makes this uh, easier to keep doing. So 
Um, if you like what we're doing, please let people know about it. Tell people, share it, uh, tweet our podcast out at your followers and say, Hey, check these guys out. They're great. Um, thanks Corey for giving up your Friday evening. Uh, we'll be back listeners next week with our review of dead man. And until next time, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.